Hey there, welcome to the Courage Cast. My name is Andrea Crisp, and this is episode number 38. Today I'm chatting with the founder of an all female co working space here in Toronto called Make Lemonade. During our conversation, Rachel Kelly and I talk all about what it takes to have a successful startup, how to create healthy boundaries in life and in business, and when to say no to opportunities that just don't work for you. You're listening to The Courage Cast, a show to equip and empower women to live bravely. Each week, we'll share real stories of influential women who are willing to face their fear and pursue their purpose. Here's your host, Andrea Crisp, life coach, author, and your secret weapon. This episode of The Courage Cast is brought to you by something that is very near and dear to my heart. It is my passion to empower women to live more bravely, and maybe you found yourself a little uncertain of how to move your life forward. If that's you and you're ready to reignite your confidence and change your perspective on what you're fully capable of, and if you want to break free once and for all from your limiting beliefs to live your purpose, then Breakthrough Coaching is for you. So let's have a conversation to find out what's really holding you back so that you can reframe your mindset and get the clarity you need to move forward both personally and professionally. Let's connect at andreacrisp.ca forward slash schedule. Hey friends, I've had the opportunity to meet my guest several times over the past six months at different networking events here in Toronto. And each and every time we get to chat, we're able to connect so easily. So it was a no brainer to have her as a guest on the Courage Cast. And she is going to share so much wisdom with you today. As the founder of a brand new co-working space called Make Lemonade, she shares with transparency what it took to open a space that serves women. And trust me, it was not a walk in the park. Now, this is such a great episode for small business owners, creatives, entrepreneurs who are just starting up. And we talk about how she had to learn to establish boundaries early on and have self-care within her life as she started a brand new venture. So take a listen in as I chat with Rachel Kelly. Rachel, I am thrilled, so excited, in fact, to have you on the Courage Cast this morning. And I feel so honored that you have joined me all the way from about three blocks away at Make Lemonade <laughs> here in Toronto. So thank you so much for coming on and joining me on the Courage Cast today. Thank you. I feel honored. Um, it's just been part of my morning rituals to listen to podcasts. So uh, being on the other end is really darn cool. Well, may it be the first of many for you. So <laughs> I know we got a, an opportunity to meet back in the fall um, mm -hmm. through a friend named Shannon Scott, who has also been on the Courage Cast as well. And mm -hmm. I got to connect uh, with her through Instagram. And then I went and attended one of her workshops at your brand new, well, it's not brand new right now, but it's pretty close to brand new co-working mm -hmm. space for women, which I'm sure you're going to talk about. And it is bright and beautiful and inspiring. And I absolutely loved it. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about um, yourself and also about Make Lemonade? 
Okay, sure. Um, yeah, first of all, that workshop was so amazing and exciting. It was the, the very first workshop we ever held here at Make Lemonade. Um, but going back, um, it was about, it was September 2016 when life handed me a lemon. Uh, long story short, I decided to make lemonade out of it. I was working for an agency for, um, I was freelancing for them for just under a year and there was always this promise of a full-time position. Long story short, the full-time position came around and then the day before they said, never mind, can you just continue freelancing? And I wasn't really satisfied with that anymore. I knew I could do something bigger and more exciting for myself. And I, I kind of looked at everything that I was doing in my life, uh, where I was working, how I was working. And that's the one constant that I wasn't really satisfied with. I was working from coffee shops or from home and working from coffee shops was cool because they were so neat and design forward and they had this great atmosphere, but it wasn't really practical to getting your work done. So then I was like, okay, I'll work from home, but work from home meant that you were usually by yourself and in your pajamas until 1 p.m., which is only sexy for so long, and then you want to be a grown-up. Um, so when, when I had that lemon, I looked at those things and said, I need to do something here. I had actually been a part of a co-working space during that year as well, and although I loved the community, I still was craving something that was a bit more design-forward. Um, so, I mean, this just sounds very simple the way I say it, but so then I decided I'm just going to open a co-working space. Um, I started doing my research. I actually had a friend who did her communications uh, thesis on co-working spaces. So I really dove deep into that and kind of got really nerdy. I actually mapped out like, all the co-working spaces in Toronto, all the libraries, all the coffee shops, all the bars with Wi-Fi that were super late. So I could kind of see where the gaps were in the city and what was great about these spaces and what wasn't great about these spaces so I could make my space really great. But the one thing I realized that was lacking um, was that there just wasn't something that was going to help my space stand out, what was going to make it different. So during that time, I was also a part of a lot of online communities for freelancers um, and, you know, Facebook groups, that sort of thing. A lot of people offering support and advice, how to deal with uh, certain clients and um, just their life situations. And what I realized is that the majority of the people in these groups were women and we we're having these conversations online, but we weren't talking uh, in a physical space. So it kind of was just like a light bulb moment. And I said, my space needs to be for women. And it's such a great space. And, you know, it's funny because you mentioned how you were part of a co-working community prior mm -hmm. to that. And I was also part of that same community. Mm -hmm. um, and so, which was so funny because, you know, we had that in common. And I also work out of a co-working space now here in the city. Um, and, and so how has that like changed your life? Like, since opening your doors, which is really not that long ago, how have things shifted for you? Yeah, um, they've shifted a lot. What's, I think the biggest change is that for two years prior to setting out to open Make Lemonade and, and this, the, the total journey before Make Lemonade even opened was basically a year from me going, okay, yes, I'm going to open it. 
to uh, finding a space to, you know, hiring a designer and contractors and getting the space up and running was about a year process. Before that, uh, like I was saying, I was freelancing and I had these contracts where basically it was like, here's the deadline. We don't care when you do it. So I had this total freedom lifestyle. And the biggest thing that has changed is this is my business and it's brick and mortar. And uh, some days it won't run if I'm not here. Um, since I kind of had this, um, I don't want to say a breakdown, but a, a near point of burning out very early on when I opened, I was like, I need to hire other people because if I'm sick or if I'm late or something, this show still has to go on and it can't just rely on just me. Um, so yeah, the biggest shift has been that I am, I'm, so responsible for this big massive thing so now that you kind of have had that realization that you need the extra help that mm -hmm. you know things have to change in order for you to kind of have that freedom what does that look like now for the co-working space Mm -hmm. um, so one of the biggest things that was scary for me when I first opened was that, you know, it was just me. I was always the one unlocking the door. I had friends and family helping. And then when I had those first members in, I had to take a step back and be, oh my God, this is a shared space now. And, and you know, remind myself that that's what it is. Um, so now that it's changed since I've hired someone, her name is Ashley and she's amazing. She's our operations coordinator. She's basically like the brains behind a lot of this as well and helping make sure that our processes run smoothly. So when members come here, everything looks nice and pretty on the outside and uh, we're working our butts off on, on internally to make sure that everything makes really, really a lot of sense and runs uh, very smoothly. Um, and we've kind of come up with an arrangement of scheduling that works too, so that nobody feels like they're um, as bound to the space as I was kind of feeling freaked out about it at the beginning. Yeah, because that's a lot, you know, when you mm -hmm. have, I believe your space is open 24 hours. And so we have 24 seven access for members, depending on the type of membership that they get, but I'm just open 9am to 6pm. So for you, that's kind of the context in which you're there. Yes, but I hadn't worked a nine to five job in maybe three and a half, four years. So that's been a very big change and challenge. So how did you adjust to that? Like, what was that like for you to go from kind of that flexibility to now having a brick and mortar business where you are having to be there? Yeah, um, I don't think the adjustment has gone very seamlessly. I've only been open for just over four months now. Um, and I was thinking about it actually on, on my way over here this morning and, you know, I can really see now how some people who they, when they run their businesses, they go, it was a year until I got things organized or it was a year until, uh, I, I, it was a year I was eating McDonald's or that sort of thing. You know, you hear that from the outside and you think there's no way that that could be me. How could they let that happen? But I got to say there was a solid month where I was taking an Uber here maybe every other day, just because getting out of bed was so hard. I was so mentally exhausted and even just being like, how did I end up in this position where I have to be here for 9 a.m.? That is so seems so, so hard and against what I um, have stand, stand for. 
Um, so the transition hasn't been perfect. I'm slowly, slowly integrating, um, listen, like making more morning rituals. I used to always listen to podcasts on my way to work. I used to walk to work a lot more. So instead of just being like every day, I'm going to work, walk to work. It's like, okay, let's try for one day a week to walk to work and I'll go from there. Yeah. And kind of ease yourself into making mm -hmm. the, the change and the transition, which is, that's, that's awesome. I think can be very overwhelming. Change is overwhelming anyways. It's not only changing your location of where you're working every day, but it's also, you know, changing how you work and how you function, which is huge. Like that would be stressful on anyone. And how have you been able to kind of manage the stress and like, what has been your support system like mm -hmm. for this time in your life? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I opened, my parents were so involved. In fact, they still are. But my, my mom, for instance, she spent the entire first week with me because I just was like, I need, I know I need someone else. What if, you know, these questions come up? I just needed the, the extra support. And it was great because she slept over and, um, you know, I would come home and I would take my laptop home and I would be typing until, you know, midnight sort of thing. And she would be the one telling me, you need to go to bed because you have to be there tomorrow and you have to be on. So just having her there at the beginning was really great. Um, and then, you know, I've been trying to be very transparent and open with my friends and family about what is going on. At the beginning of November, uh, life got really hard because there was a death in my family. And then at the end of the same week, there was um, a death in my friendship circle as well. And all the while I had to keep my smile on my face and keep the business open. And then the following week when I had to go to the funeral, I thought, oh my gosh, I like, I can't do, I can't be in two places at once. So that was the first time I had to write a post on Facebook asking my friends, Hey, can anybody volunteer to work for my business for the day and run the entire show? And I felt like totally defeated that I was writing this on Facebook. I felt like I was being the opposite of professional. I thought this, like, this is not where I wanted to be with this. Um, it turned out great. The girl who ended up volunteering for me was somebody that I ended up meeting at a networking event through Make Lemonade, through those connections that I made right from the beginning. And now she volunteers here once a week. So it turned around really well. Um, but that, that month was really hard. And then, you know, then I was just, I was just craving December so I could get a break because, you know, for that full year, I was searching for a space, battling with contractors. It just like, even though I had only opened in September, it was just like running at full steam. And I could recognize that I was just, I was close to burning out and I couldn't afford to do that. So um, I closed up over Christmas holidays and then I got a therapist to start in January and I got a, um, a personal trainer to start with me in January as well. And I started setting a couple of routines for myself because I was like, I, I can't afford to burn out. I need to keep my, my brain healthy and my mental state happy as well. And I need to tell people about what's going on and get other people involved with Make Lemonade um, because we got to keep it running. So that's, that's, that's been my support system. You know, that's amazing. Like just even hearing about how you post on Facebook, like I applaud you 
you know, cause I know that's hard. I know it's mm-hmm. difficult to, you know, ask for help sometimes and say, you know what, I actually do need some help and I can't do this by myself. And that's the, which is so ironic because you're in a collaborative space. Yeah. So it, you know, it just goes to show you like sometimes even it, with our best intentions of creating spaces for collaboration and also for community that we still battle mm-hmm. wanting to do things ourselves. I know for myself, like it took me a really long time to um, start asking for help. And finally, um, a friend volunteered to be my virtual assistant. And I was like, at first I thought, oh gosh, like how, how's that going to work? Like, what am I going to do? And how am I going to let go? And, you know, all of these things and, and slowly over time, and it's taken me some time and, you know, I haven't been able to relinquish everything very quickly at all, but knowing that I have someone else now has just been huge. And also Mm -hmm. to just feel like, there's some, some pressures off and it's not just solely relying on me. Mm -hmm. And even when she like will email me, it's like, oh yeah, like someone else cares about this. Yeah. And I think that makes a huge difference. Yes, definitely. I think we sometimes feel like, oh, I created this. I, I can't have anyone else do it because it's my burden. This is the thing that I've decided. And, you, you know, I, I don't have an assist, assistant yet, but I have, you know, this calendar app that sets up the times for people to schedule a meeting with me. And when I first um, first started using that, I felt like, oh my God, like, who am I? Like, <laughs> I like, who do I think I am sort of thing? And um, I think that's been a big challenge too, is just kind of getting, getting over myself. This is a quote that my friend and I have been saying to each other for a lot of the time, for many years was get over yourself and get into yourself. Um, and we just have to use that to, you know, to, to move forward and make things work better. So if the calendar app is going to make things better and, and if you're realizing that you need to get an assistant to, to, to help you make your business better, like there's no, there's no crime in that, but we definitely feel this kind of imposter syndrome like like we're almost like acting like something is bigger than we are and and sometimes it is and we just have to own that Mm -hmm. and there's no um shame in you know needing that community and that help and um I know for the podcast like I have someone who edit it who edits it I have someone who you know does a lot of my emails for me with it and then in my business you know I'm still doing a lot of that myself. And, and I notice, you know, it's, it feels really good now when I'm talking about the courage cast itself as, you know, a team effort, you know, whereas I feel like sometimes with my business, it's still just me. And Mm -hmm. I want to shift from the just me thing to this is, you know, more of, of a team. How is collaboration playing a role in your life? you know, with Make Lemonade, like how does it work in your space? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny that you that you brought this up because I know that you saw me speak at Pecha Kucha the other week. Yes, weekend. you did fantastic, by the way. Thank you. But I definitely really was struggling writing that speech because when I was asked to talk about collaboration, my immediate knee-jerk reaction was like, oh my gosh, I'm terrified of collaboration. Um, because 
I just have this preconceived notion in my head that collaborating means that you're going to sacrifice on something, that it's going to be more work, that you know you may not end up seeing the end result that you want. So it's definitely been very hard to shift my mind around that because what I, I never really realized what I was doing when I was opening Make Lemonade that whole year is that I was collaborating. I was reaching out to people and I think collaboration can happen on different scales and sometimes we have like the worst case scenario already wrapped around our head that we say we don't even want to do it. But the reality is, is if I didn't collaborate, I couldn't even open make lemonade. And now what's happening is I'm getting a lot of people who are reaching out going, I'd love to bring this. I'd love to do this. I want to, I want to have this sort of event happen at make lemonade. And I have to kind of train myself to say, you know, that knee jerk reaction maybe isn't as bad as you think it is. So you need to just hear it out. And it's also been a lot of um, setting up different barriers so that my first reaction isn't, nope, that's horrible, but instead going, you know what, send me an email. So then I have time to let it percolate um, and then see how, how this sort of thing can work here at Make Lemonade. Um, but then the coolest thing too is I, I see other members collaborating on the side and you know, you almost jealous isn't the right word, but you're a little bit envious, and you say, "Oh, like that's really cool. Like they're doing something really neat." And what's happening is they're collaborating, and you know, they're they're setting up those boundaries to say, "Okay, this is what I agree. This is what I don't agree," um, and you know, and making something really magical work there. It's like that new jerk reaction I have is always. Um, is always immediately thinking the worst thing could happen and not even giving space for, for the benefits of it as well. So it's, it's a work in progress. I, I hundred percent agree with you because I know for myself, I've had to get over that too. I've had to get over like what it looks like to put my ideas out there and think, okay, maybe they're going to be accepted and maybe they're not. Mm -hmm. And, and we're, you know, collaborating on, this becoming something that's not just solely um, my baby. And, mm -hmm. and I think that that is the beauty of it. And also like, you're right. It gives space for this really amazing thing to take place. And all of a sudden there to be something that, you know, you could have never imagined because if it was in your own brain, you would have never thought it up. But bringing together, you know, two or three other people, you know, all of a sudden it's like, wow, yeah, this is completely possible. So I, I think that's awesome that, you know, you're seeing that happen already mm -hmm. in your space and also, you know, recognizing how that is able to happen for you. Like now, if you were to even like, you know, suggest to someone, okay, like, where do I start collaborating like how is that possible for my life what would you say to someone um I think this is something that I was uh, learning in a podcast I actually listened this morning but it's all about expanding your network and using your resources you know they always say it's not it's not what you know it's who you know and that's something I didn't really clue into until I started the process of opening the lemonade you start from the beginning and you say, okay, this is what I need. Let's look at my network and see and see who could potentially help me. And now with the with so much 
access to different community groups online, you can just ask a question and you'll get 10 people saying, oh, I can do this or I know someone else. I think the thing that we're always not paying attention to or we're afraid of or something is that we forget about the fact that it takes more work than it seems on the outside. It's not as simple as just going, oh, hey, um, I have a friend named Bob and he can help me with X, Y, and Z. No, no, no. It's not just going to happen like that. It's going to go, okay, Bob, this is what I'm looking for. And then here's, here's one step one, two, and three. And then he's going to go back, but I can only do four five and six. And then you're going to come back. Well, how about you only do two? And there's a lot more communication that happens in that process. And, um, it, it's never just as simple as a, as a one, two, yes, let's go. And, and the amount of work that happens to make it, to make it happen, um, that's when that's when the real projects and the real things actually come out and, and that you get better results. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've joined a mastermind about a year ago and I talk a little bit about it here on the podcast, but I feel like that has been something for me that has stretched me and also, mm-hmm. you know, like listening to other people's ideas without, um, you know, being defensive or, um, immediately thinking that's a terrible idea. I'm not doing that, you know, like, um, and, and then also letting them in on the process. Like once something has been established, they are asking you like, well, how did that go? And can you give us like brief us on, on what that's been like for you? And I think that's been a really key component for even me growing in my collaboration and learning how to do that. So it's, it's kind of exciting. And also one of the things I was thinking of is the phrase, like, if you're the smartest person in the room, then you probably Mm. need to change rooms. Yes. And you know, like if, if, cause if you're, if you're the smartest person, then you're staying small. And so you need to be around other people who are, you know, smarter or know different things than you do and, and have something else to offer other than what you bring to the table. Mm -hmm. Could you like describe maybe some of the people in your space? Like, you know, who is attracted to make lemonade and who's coming there to work and collaborate? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I think one of the coolest members is the very first member I ever had join Make Lemonade, and that was very exciting. But she actually reached out to me months before I even opened and just said, hey, I love what you're doing, would love to be involved somehow, don't know how I can help, but let me know, whatever. So she ended up helping paint, and now she ends up hosting um, a monthly uh, a monthly uh, collective for other uh, female entrepreneurs. Um, so that, and so she runs a, a skincare company and makes all of her products at home. Um, but then there's also other members who are on the completely other side of the spectrum. There's another member who runs a skincare company and it's a multi-million dollar company. They have um, copy editors. Um, some people work in the food industry. Um, there's a couple of photographers, graphic designers, there's a few CPAs, lawyers, and, and you know, some of, some people are doing it as their, their side, uh, their side hustle and other people are here working full time. 
what's also been really interesting too is to see some people who are quote unquote Instagram influencers become um, members here as well because that definitely um, takes off this mask from the outside where we think that they're you know this this holy grail type of person and then you know you see all the hard work as well that comes into creating their posts and their content and how they navigate their way um, with other with other collaborations and um, brand partnerships and etc like that so the types of members are it's it's such a range when I first opened and you know started doing the promotions, I really cast a wide net because I didn't want to attract one, uh, one specific uh, career-focused woman. I wanted to just bring tons of different women from different different fields all together in one in one room to see to show that you know we can all work together whether we're working at what's the line? It's like work for yourself, not by yourself. So you can still, you know, do your thing but you can have someone else beside you. And if you collaborate, then that's the cherry on top. And I don't know that we mentioned it, but it is an all women's co-working space. Yes, that's right. We didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of a big part of it too, which, you know, mm-hmm. I love women's empowerment and I love spaces for women. Not that, you know, I'm ag- against anything male oriented mm-hmm. at all, but it's so nice to be able to have that vibe and to yes. have, you know, where women are able to kind of come in and feel that um, strength from one another and Mm -hmm. pull that from one another. And it's really cool how you're mentioning how, you know, you have people in this space who you're able to learn from or see. And that is so key for, I think, entrepreneurs. And if I learned anything in my first co-working space, which was the same one you and I were at. And it was at a different time probably. But um, one of the things that I learned even in that time was that I was going to learn so much from other people. And mm. I had spent a lot of time at the beginning of starting my business on my own. And I didn't really think that I needed to learn from people. And then as soon as I was around others and even in different industries, it didn't matter. There were so many resources that they were sharing with me or thoughts or things that I could implement into my own business that I was like, oh my gosh, like I would have missed out on all of this if I had just stayed doing this for my kitchen table. And there are times where I have to do some of my work from my kitchen table just for privacy sake. But um, the whole part of co-working and collaborating and being around um, people who are doing something similar to you really um, fuels and energizes like someone to really like keep moving forward. And on those hard days, it's like, okay, I'm not the only one in this game here. Like, see all these women, they're all in the game too. And maybe someone's having a really great day and they can, you know, share some encouragement with you when you're kind of feeling down or, um, you know, and I think that's the, just the perk of having a space where you can learn from other people, but also be encouraged by watching their journey by being, you know, like grabbing a coffee like next to them. You know what I mean? Like it's absolutely. I actually had somebody comment on Instagram yesterday and they said, how do you 
because I, I posted a photo. We have this uh, fake indoor patio with AstroTurf and string lights and um, lawn chairs and patio furniture here. And um, I posted a photo yesterday on Instagram with the sun shining and just saying how gorgeous it looked. And somebody commented and said, how do you get any work done and not get distracted by this beautiful view all the time? And I said, it's not that hard when you have a ton of other women sitting alongside you all working their butts off. They're right there, you know, staying motivated and working. And, and then, of course, like we still, you know, have our coffee chats and you know, talk about life and then you would talk about work and then everyone gets back to work and does their and does their thing. But just being surrounded by those people really motivates you to get to get your shit done. Um, Absolutely. And that, that's kind of our take. And it's so true because there are times where I go into my co-working space and um, who is run by my friend and who you met and um, it's a totally different vibe and, and it's, but it's a smaller community and we know each other. And so it's sometimes you're in there and it's like, okay, I just want to chat. And then I have to remind Mm -hmm. myself, no, like, okay, I've got work to do. And, but then you can tell when everyone like kind of shifts into work mode because Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, like just like the vibration or the energy of the place completely shifts and it's like, and we're all working now, you know, and you can feel that. And sometimes I'll, I'll walk away from being there from two or three hours and I'm like, okay, like I got so much stuff done. And, um, and then, and it's really been helpful for me then to be able to like close my day off and go, okay, I'm not going to go home and start working again. Once I go home, I'm done. That's actually been one of my rules that kind of was a soft rule in, um, 2017, but I'm trying to make it harder for 2018 is to not take my laptop home on weekend or weeknights. Um, because I figure, you know what, I can probably get it done tomorrow instead. Like I have, I need to have a life as well. And we have just this, this notion in our head that, you know, if you're going to be an entrepreneur and if you're really going to kill it in, in your business, then you have to be working all hours, all the time. And, um, you know, yes, we all hustle, but you don't have to hustle 24 seven. You can just hustle you know, a couple of solid hours every single day and still see really great results because you do need to give your brain a break as well. And, and something that I actually learned with one of the meetings that happens here is that when you're, when you're not like, we, we think that when we're working, that means that we're typing and we're plugged in and we're behind our computer, but, you know, taking some time for yourself or going to bed early or, you know, feeding yourself a really healthy dinner, that's work as well, because you, you run your business. So you have to like, your business has to be healthy and you're your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I also used to think, you know, when you worked a nine to five, you know, you were super productive in your day. But one of the things I found out later on is anyone who usually works for a corporation nine to five, their hours of productivity are about three hours a day. And I was so surprised by that because I was thinking, well, you know, they're there at nine, they go home at five, of course they should be in in snow because by the time you get there and you turn your computer on and you have a chat, you get a coffee, you do like 45 minutes of work and then it's time for a coffee break. And then Mm -hmm. you do another 45 minutes of work and it's time for lunch. And then, you know, next thing you know, you, you have a meeting and, and it's, you know, and it's, 
And I was so surprised by that. And it's been a total game changer for me because sometimes I get so down on myself and I think to myself like, okay, uh, how long did I work today? You know, I'm equating it by hours and instead of just equating it by, okay, this is the list of things that I really do need to do. And at the bottom are the things that get pushed over to the next day. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like, there's always going to be more things to do. So thinking that you're going to, you know, complete the proverbial list and then it's done is just never going to happen. It's always, you still keep working the next day or take the day off if you want and, you know, come back, you know, the following day and complete it. Uh, And it's not just about the hustle. And so I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, I think um, one thing that I've really been learning from some of the women here is is kind of some of the lifestyles that some of them have that I totally aspire to have. Um, Some women come in at, you know, 1030 and they're not here later than 430 because they've 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 done their dues. They've done what they needed to do or set out to do uh, in this space in this time. And you know, maybe they're, they're going out for dinner or maybe they're going networking somewhere else, or maybe they're at a photo shoot, who knows what, what their next thing is. But, but I think, yes, it's just like, we're like, you're saying like that nine to five thing, you think, okay, I clock in at nine, I leave at five, that's my hours. But I think some of these women have really started to tune in that I'm most productive at this time. That's when I'm getting my work done and that's what I'm going to do. So then I can do these other things that I, that need to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know even for myself, I found the same thing. I've, you know, even put it into days where certain days I do podcasting and certain days I do coaching and, um, and just so that I, I compartmentalize what I do, but I also have time and space for the things that I do want to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I have to learn you know, like anyone else does, you know, to give myself more free time and to enjoy things more and, you know, go out and have a life, you know, it is, that is why we're here is not just to work, but to also enjoy, enjoy our lives. And so that's, you know, amazing that you're surrounded by people who are showing that and modeling that. And now how do people connect with you? How do they like find out more about Make Lemonade or become a member? Like walk me through the process. So um, if you wanted to become a member at Make Lemonade, we usually encourage everybody to come for a tour first, just so we can kind of feel each other out and make sure that this is the right space for, for each party. Um, and then you can just sign up online. We send like a follow-up email with a link of how to become a member. Um, but if you're just curious on Instagram or anything, you can just follow us at Make Lemonade Co. Because plain old Make Lemonade is taken by one person who posted a photo of a sandwich in 2012. Oh, man. Um, yes. Or you can follow us on Facebook at Make Lemonade CA. Um, but we're always, uh, our doors are always open so people can just come on in and get a day pass or sign up for a full membership. Um, we, we're just, we're a nice welcoming community and, and hope that anyone can be a part of it. So if someone is interested, they can, they can kind of come in and just trial it for a day and yes. 
awesome. Yes. So we do trial days um, and we host, we host like formal tours every day. Um, but if you miss that slot for a tour, we'll still definitely show you around and uh, basically give you the exact same service. And what about um, opportunities to, you know, host events or how does that work within your space? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, Make Lemonade hosts a series of events. And then if people are interested in hosting events, we usually put that under our umbrella event called Patio Sessions, because like I said, we have that patio area. We really like to work with the community and see what they can bring here at Make Lemonade too. We obviously like to make sure that it's the right type of event that makes sense. Um, Make Lemonade is a co-working space for women and we do have 24-7 access for some members. So I always like to make sure that those members who are working late will um, never be interfered with or anything that, uh, you know, if an event is happening, it really has to align with, with what we're doing. Um, I also like to make sure that Make Lemonade is a resource and a business center for, for women. So um, these types of events really have to have to benefit you or help you learn about your business too. Um, and I've kind of set up a few, a few kind of soft rules for myself of how to kind of go through uh, some event requests that maybe I'm not sure if they, they make uh, total sense or not. So I, I kind of follow those steps and, and uh, then we see if it's the right fit. You know, Rachel, I love what you're doing. I think it's so fabulous. Um, I, of course, I've been there and it's the most beautiful space and has an incredible vibe, which is only just then set out by the people who are in it, which you are the leader of that. And I, mm -hmm. I, I applaud you for that. And I think it's amazing. If people want to connect with you personally or um, they want to follow you, how do they do that on social? Um, so I have a not so exciting Instagram account called Rachel Kells, R-A-C-H-E-L, uh, K-E-L-L-S. Um, and then you can just email me at hello at makelemonade.ca and, um, I'll get back to you. Awesome. Now, before we go, I want to ask you one question. Now, if you were to say what your message is, your life message that you want to leave and have an impact on the world, what would you say that is? Mm -hmm. um, these are the words of Pablo Picasso, which helped me through some of the dark days of opening Make Lemonade. And it's uh, everything you can imagine is real. So whether your dream is to open a bake shop or you want to write a book or you just want to live every day happy, you can make that happen. Uh, no idea is too little, <laughs> too little or too big, too big or too little. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's really, if you just set your mind to it, you can make it happen. Um, my big thing was, is I have one life, so I may as well make it exciting and nice and bright and sunshiny. Well, you are definitely doing that. And, and I think that women all over the Toronto area would be um, happy to be in that space. So I want to encourage you if you are looking for a co-working space and make lemonade sounds like your vibe, then go check it out. Go over there, um, catch a workshop or go get a tour or try it for a day and see if that is your tribe of women for you to hang out with. And Rachel, it has been wonderful to connect with you again. And I hope it's just, you know, one of the many times that we'll get to connect in the future. So thank you so much for being on the Courage Cast today. Thank you. This is so much fun.
Well, I hope you feel encouraged and inspired by my conversation with Rachel. She is a gem and I just think the world of her. And I'm so thankful that she shared all of her wisdom with you today. Now, I love when women are risking big to really see their dreams come true and for her to create a space within the city of Toronto for creatives and women to really be able to collaborate is just spectacular. And if you ever get an opportunity to visit Make Lemonade, I would highly encourage that you do. Now to connect with Rachel or to access today's show notes, you can do so over at thecouragecast.com. And until next time, remember, you have everything you need to live bravely. If you like this episode of The Courage Cast, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. The Courage Cast is produced by Stephen Crilly.